You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. It is the Unpacked Podcast, part of AcmePackingCompany.com. Welcome to it. I am not Zach Rapport. He is off. Handling some homeowner shit. He's uh, got an electrician <laughs> or something like that. We can't coming. keep up with the, uh, with the plight of the homeowner. He's tending to his estate. So instead, in a Brooklyn apartment, uh, it is both myself, Alex Patakis, and Nick Bornheimer uh, dealing with uh, renter's problems, which is basically just... <laughs> lighting money on fire. Lighting money on fire. And uh, the rest of it goes to as much wine as you can drink till you pass out. Um, so... Yeah, um, here we are, and the uh, Packers are uh, not that great of a team. They're, I guess, by definition, an average team, but we can talk about whether or not we actually think they're worse than that. Coming off of a 27-10 to loss to the Jets, that's after a loss to the Giants. I did not think um, that I would you know, see in the Aaron Rodgers era the Packers lose back-to-back games to the Jets and the Giants especially it being a home game um, and back-to-back games to very, very average quarterbacks. So, um, yeah. And when we looked at the schedule before this season started, if I would have told you that one and two is the absolute best the Packers will do in a three-game stretch against the Giants, the Jets, and the Commanders, um you would have slapped me across the face and said, I know that this team doesn't have any wide receiving threats or they're retooling their offensive line or whatever. Um, but there's no way you would have thought that was going to happen. This is weird. Yeah, it's a it's kind of an uncomfortable place to be. Um, I, I think that maybe you could have forecasted some regression. I mean, they can't win like 13, 14 games every year under Matt LaFleur. It is a young offense, but um, I still don't think the fashion in which they are like struggling on offense could have been forecasted, even knowing that they don't have many receivers, et cetera, because um, they're just not scoring, you know, yeah. 10 points at home against the Jets. Not good. Offensive line issues everywhere. So we'll get into all the different things and we will start with note nugs like we normally do on this show. So I will... Uh, Kick it over to you to choose whether to uh, give your nug or to defer um, for the for the first nug. Um, what are you saying? You know what? I'm going to take it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I feel like I'm... Why, why not? All I'll right. take it. I like um, it. Aggression. Yeah. And I, as aggressive almost as Robert Tunyon was on Sunday, the one and only bright spot. But my nug... I mean, he had 10 receptions for 90 yards. Um, the The notable thing about it is that it, it just talks to how dismal Packers tight ends have been year over year over year because that is the franchise leader 
in receptions in a game for a tight end. I realize 10 is a lot, but this team's been around for a long time. Um, I thought that was pretty remarkable. And also to only get 90 yards on the 10 receptions. Not ideal. Just speaks more to the dinking and the dunking that we have grown so accustomed to. Yeah. Um, it's not that off-brand in terms of like yards per catch or attempt or whatever um, per target uh, for this offense. Um, the only one better in the game. Obviously, Alan Lazard, who uh, had four receptions for 76 yards. It's funny because we talked about it a couple of weeks ago. Um, and I was saying, I feel like they need to start finding ways and forcing ways for Tanya to get the ball. And we thought that part of that was one, obviously, he needed to get healthy. Seems pretty healthy. Played a lot yeah. in this game. Um, and the other was um, the offensive line maybe being shored up by, I don't know, moving guys back to their position. That was not the case in this game. But it yet, Tanya so... still had 12 targets. Yeah. Um, double or not double, but um, three more than at Lazard and, and Dobbs, who each had nine. Um, yeah. Yeah, and I guess also of note is that Zach Wilson had only 10 total completions in the entire game. I don't know. what when I blinked and it, it just got so out of hand. I mean, two blocked kicks isn't going to, going to help you out if you're a football team looking to win. Um, but but man, where did the 27 <laughs> points come from? Yeah, I mean, sp- special teams errors and just overall nothingness uh, elsewhere. I don't know. I mean, um, we all assumed that Brees Hall was going to have a big game. Yeah. Um, you know, a number of us, uh, even at Acme Packing Company, are in, a, in a, a player elimination fantasy league. And like, I feel like my lineup every week, now you pick a new lineup every week, is just... It consists of one running back that's playing the Packers. That was pretty predictable. I think I'm gonna. Um, I think I'm gonna play Heineke this week, <laughs> which is also funny that the Packers have to play Heineke and who rushed for 90 yards the last time they played him. So, uh, yeah, um, pretty pretty brutal. Uh, but he, you know, Hall was good. Yeah, I mean, they, they just made it easy for the Jets to kind of control the game and this team. Like it, it's once it's so funny and how predictable. And we talked about this weeks ago again. We just keep referencing old shit, but it's the same stuff every week. The second they like get behind and the game is actually in doubt, they totally crumble. Mm-hmm. Like they panic. That's where they start. They they like compound their mistakes once they are in a legitimate danger of actually losing a game that they probably feel like they have no business losing. And I don't know if we could even say that anymore, um, considering the quality of you know the Jets and the quality of the Packers currently. Yeah, weird, weird place to be. Um, my note, Nug, we watched this game together. I think I said something during the game, and it was before he actually did seem like he was hurt, even though he didn't end up being hurt, uh, was I screamed, is Aaron Jones freaking hurt? Like, <laughs> I think we all thought, okay, you know, they learned their lesson. Aaron Jones says something about getting the ball a little bit more. Um, AJ Dillon, more carries, more targets in the air. That is just, un- like, it's inexcusable. It's not big numbers. There's not a huge discrepancy, right? But he had, still. He had 10 rushes compared to nine and then six targets compared to four. But why do they go so out of their way to split their time when Dylan clearly does not look nearly as effective as he was last year? It's it's mind boggling. Yeah. We looked we looked at each other uh, straight face last week and said, there is no conceivable way that they're not going to try to over-aggressively force the ball to Aaron Jones next week, just as like a corrective measure. And even if it's an over-corrective measure, and that just wasn't the case. It, it's staggering. I don't get it. 
Um, me neither. I. What do you think's wrong though? Like I, I don't know. Dylan. I think everyone thought there was going to be a breakout game. Oh, by the way, Dylan. Uh, Dylan under rushing yards. Yeah, it was closer than I would have liked. It did hit. But I finally, uh, I finally hit a degenerate corner bet. <laughs> so I'm like one in what three or four now on the season. Yeah, I just um, I feel like I lost all mine again. Yeah, uh, Dylan only ended up with 41 yards. And there was a period later in the game where I thought, oh man, I think it, I, I think the final one I ended up taking on DraftKings on game day was 50 and a half, which I think is again I still would have taken it 10 out of 10 times. But the way the game went really helped because if it were closer, I feel like they still would have been pounding the ball with Dylan instead of Aaron Jones. Yeah. Um, but they just fell behind and actually had to throw a little bit more. So that kind of saved me. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like people are speculating, like, I don't think he's hurt. I don't think he, it's impossible to look at him in terms of a specimen and be like, he's not in as good of shape. Yeah. Like what? Yoked to uh, that what, guy. What's is. going on? Yeah. Uh, by the way, uh, Greg Olson again on the on the commentary. Um, <laughs> Let's take a look at that guy's arms. <laughs> yeah. He moved on to the arms yeah. now. Um yeah, so I don't, I don't, I don't really know. Like, is it a second year sophomore slump or whatever the hell it is? Like, he's just extremely ineffective um, on the ground, and and you can say that part of that is the offensive line. I get it. Aaron Jones was also very un- ineffective in this game, but that's not a consistent theme all season. Aaron Jones was averaging more yards per carry than than I think anybody in the league um, at present. Like coming into this week, uh, you know, people with a certain like a baseline number of carries, like full time running backs, although. Aaron Jones is skewing more and more into a part-time running back. I, yeah, who? What? What are you doing? Giving the it's and it was the line share to to AJ Dillon this week. It doesn't and Jones hasn't given you anything to suggest that he should be splitting his time down the middle. He's been great when he's had the ball in his hand for the most part. I mean, and, but he just hasn't he hasn't had the appropriate amount of opportunity. Yeah. Um, really unfortunate. He's our best offensive weapon. He only played five more snaps than Dylan too. Yeah. Um, but still had uh, way fewer. Well, well not way, but fewer touches, fewer targets, et cetera, et cetera. So I don't know. It's weird. It kind of just feels like this offense doesn't know what it wants to do. So it makes it really hard to kind of like find an identity. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't, I, I feel like they come into a game and I'm always guessing, well, they'll clearly do this based on their opponent, et cetera. And then, they just don't do that. I don't know. Well, then you ask Rogers the question post game or throughout the week, and he gives you this very esoteric, "Oh, it's not a, it's not about the scheme, but it is about the scheme, and it's about some of the faults needing to, uh, needing to be taken on by the players themselves, because ten of the guys are doing the right thing, but it's the one guy who's not doing the right thing, but it's a different guy." Most of the time, we got to clean that stuff up. Just deflecting blame from himself is how I read into it. And he'll kind of give you like the the cheeky, like, oh, myself included with a smirk. Like, you're not talking about yourself. You're doing this like, I don't know, this almighty, all-knowing, I know what the issues are and the issue isn't me. Even though the issue clearly, like maybe Thumb played more of a factor than we all thought it would, but he did not look anywhere close to sharp on sunday yeah um to to represent so zach to have like his opinion represented because he is actually dealing with some like grown-up stuff uh we were texting before the show and it felt like his main thing and like maybe i could even speak for him and say if he had to choose a note nugget would have been about the offensive line yeah um 
it's it's also it's kind of hard to decipher like how much the blame should be on Aaron Rodgers, although he really doesn't like to take any of it, which is frustrating because there are very clear instances where it is his fault. But obviously being able to get into a rhythm and having some time to actually, I don't know, read a defense sometimes can be difficult when the line is playing really that bad. And Zach was saying that um, he was wavered between total despair and slightly less despair, which is funny because that's just what we do. Yep. Uh, and arrived finally at the conclusion that if they can actually get their best offensive line out there playing well, the offense could be watchable. Um, which is such a funny low bar to have to clear, but I have to agree with him. When he, when Rogers, I mean, who is notoriously held onto the ball a lot and longer than he should have you know, over the last, you know, handful of seasons and takes more sacks than he probably needs to. He's really not getting any time. And when wide receivers aren't getting open either, it's, I mean, you at least have to have some security on the line to to allow him to make something happen. I don't know why it feels like to me that there's just really obvious things that can be done that they just won't do. You know, like we, it's like, it's kind of like, you know, fans can never, actually be that smart where they could just see things that are so obvious that the coaches wouldn't see but like I, it's really getting hard to think like when they're watching the game film and stuff like what they see that makes them think playing Jenkins at tackle yeah. instead of Nyman and and as a result having to you know suffer through like fucking Newman at uh, man like and then like pulling Newman and then Hanson getting hurt and then having to put Newman back in the game yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I like would it, do you think he would have gotten the hook like for the rest for the remainder of probably, right? Like I guess if Jake Hansen didn't get injured, um maybe Newman would have been done. But like if you're willing to pull like that's what's crazy to me is that you're coming into the game. Well, one, the idea that um lighting a spark for the offense would come in the form of, yeah. of, of Jake Hansen. Yeah. It's just like that is how far we've fallen. Less than idea. Um, I don't think like lighting a spark and a backup offensive lineman have ever been used in the same sentence until yeah. LaFleur spewed that. Um, but it's funny to me that like, so, so I, again, I, I think basically it's just an admission that they needed to make a change away from Newman, but why that change isn't Jenkins to guard and Nyman to tackle, which seems like it, it, it would we you know it would be closer to justifying uh you know the spark comment is is totally beyond me yeah um i don't know man like i it's like I, everything lafleur says everything roger says like I, sometimes i'm just like what what are the what the and what hell is actually going in on what world are they living in like like the locker room is a positive place right now and like gotta keep having fun like why where is the where is the joy coming from i got almost no joy on on sunday (laughs) we sound so entitled to we were talking about this last week like packers have had such sustained success for such a long time um and like a lions fan listening to this right now has got to be like you motherfuckers yeah i mean yeah but listen it's from that place of arrogance that i get annoyed because it it shows in bravado through the quarterback and i don't know like they deserve to be getting trashed right now yeah we're not the only arrogant ones put it that way yeah like i i don't think so because uh, i mean honestly like it you could even feel like there's sometimes just a feel when you're watching the game that like the packers know that that was an embarrassing loss 
And I know the Jets are four and two, but you still just just have no business getting thoroughly beaten in that game. Um, quick note nugs uh, from some people who tweeted them in after the game at the Unpacked Pod on Twitter. Um, uh, Glenn says the Packers are bad. Time for the apple orchard and the pumpkin patch. Um, note nug slash or hashtag note nugs hashtag haiku. Oh, I didn't even like realize that that was also a haiku. <laughs> um, I mean, that's kind of how we were on Sunday. Yeah, we were both uh, just a bit north of the city and. By the time the fourth quarter was halfway through, I'm like, I just want this game to end so badly so I can get on with the rest of my day. Yeah. Um, Seth tweeted in, uh, Jenkins should only play guard. So he agrees with the point um, that we had just made. Uh, But he also says, give Amari Rogers a chance. We got nothing else going. This is a weird one. Um, So Randall Cobb leaves the field in tears and it looks like he's just done. Like probably like, okay, I'm done. My whole you know, late career renaissance with Green Bay, done. Um, I don't know if it actually has turned out to be quite that serious, but he's going to be out. And then we saw Amari Rogers in actual game action getting targets, and it kind of dawned on us, like, wait a second, these guys are actual number three now? Yeah. Um, yeah. So here's the thing about giving Amari Rogers a chance. I feel like he's had a, a fair amount of them and to only be able to get on the field. And he did have like, what, I think one catch or a couple catches um, got open over the middle at one point. But one catch. Yeah. 14 yards. Yeah. One catch. Um, literally only because Randall Cobb got carted off the field crying. But, you know, he's been given chance time and time again, whether that be in practice or what he can show throughout the preseason. Um, there's a there's a reason Rodgers will say he's returning for us right now and leave it at that when asked what Amari's role is. So they don't... <laughs> Wait, really? I missed that. Uh, yeah, weeks ago. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, well, weeks ago, that makes sense. Yeah. Damn, what a slap in the face. Yeah. S- right. And just like super deadpan. Um, but anyway, that... Yeah, I, I mean, it's going to be Ture and Winfrey and... Hopefully, Sammy Watkins, who practiced today, can get back on the field. That's an interesting one. Um, he could be serviceable, I yeah. think. But uh, it, does it even matter? You know, because it's like none of these guys are guys who are coming in and changing the way they play. No, we're, we're grasping right at straws right now. Yeah. Oh, man, that's pretty depressing. Um, Alan Lazard had a cool touchdown, though. Yeah. That was kind of like old school uh, back shoulder. We used to do this stuff all the time. Us spoiled kids would expect that yep. um, a couple times a game. So um, I guess that's like one positive thing that you can take out of it. Yeah, I, there's there's just nothing from this game that makes you feel um, any better than you would have before. Other and, than maybe like defensively, like they looked all right. They And they yeah. made some of the adjustments. I, and you say like when fans watch on TV and you're like, why are like these these corrections look so obvious? it kind of felt like they made those obvious corrections in a way this week. Minus, I mean, they still got destroyed on the ground, which we knew was going to happen. But the coverage was a bit tighter. They didn't get burned on any crossers like they had been. Um, Wilson had, I mean, he didn't have to throw the ball very much, but looked um, less than stellar when he was throwing the ball. So it was, the defense did not lose us that game. You could make the argument special teams definitely didn't help. Um, 
but they also blocked a kick. It's the offense. Like the 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 major pressure needs to be on that really really bad. What I I don't even know. I'm like I they're just so they're just so it's so bleak. Yeah. Yeah, it is. All right. Well, um we'll we'll try to we'll try to part from the bleakness. That's going to be really hard. Yeah. Um, but we'll take a break and come back and try to channel some more positivity uh, in news and haikus. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, time to do news and haikus. Cue the relaxing music. Get the spa vibes going. Essential oils going. Let's try to channel some positivity, maybe. Although I didn't preview your haiku, <laughs> so I really shouldn't be uh, advertising yeah, it in any don't, particular way. Don't worry, I'm lathered up. All right. I'm zen. Um, all right, deep breaths. Beat up and broken sad is the day i long for a sammy watkins <laughs> i mean sorry that's, that's like all, all all i have to look forward to in terms of like major game breaking threat that's coming back and might do something to change this offense so i hope he can remain healthy um once he does come back um because he looked pretty good in that one game he played <laughs> with yeah. the Packers. That one game? Yeah. Oh yeah, that one game. Um yeah, I agree. It's a it's a weird place to be in. I mean, I don't know. Do you think they bring in a receiver? Or is there really nothing they to asked, that? They asked Rodgers was asked that question on the McAfee show and like essentially like if as part of his like rift with uh management uh, a couple years back and he wanted to be included in some of those decisions, he also just like really like um, gave a, a blanket answer of like, yeah, like we're in a lot, we're in a much better position right now. 
me in, in management. And if there are guys that they like and they're going to go after them, uh, then I think they're going to do it and it'll, and it'll be great. I'm like, okay, but are they going to? They can't like, Odell is not even a possibility. He, they can't afford it. Their cap is good, is already a disaster. Yeah. But I, who else is out there that like has your eye? I mean, not many. It just seems really difficult to not. And, and the, the Cobb injury is one thing, but I mean, Watson, I feel like is battling health issues. You have Watkins who has been out, you know, save for that one game that one time. Um yeah, I mean, Lazard is still their best receiving option. You just came in with so few options and you had multiple injuries at that position. It is actually pretty striking that they haven't made some type of move already. Yeah. Um. So, I mean, if it means more Winfrey, okay. But, like, that's not... You know, they're they're going to be in a battle. Like, it's the, the playoffs don't feel like they're going to come easy. And it may only be six games. And you could say they can go on a run and they only lose four or five games in the season. But, like... Well, I don't know. You've kind of seen enough to know that they're not going to be a team that coasts into the playoffs. And also, they're two games back in the division now. You know, yeah, and there's, I the, mean, there's a, all of a sudden the NFC East is freaking great. So, like, effectively, I mean, Vikings have the tiebreaker right now. So the two games feels a little more daunting. But Rodgers also said earlier this week um, the four teams that everyone had their eye on in the NFC um, were the Packers the Rams, the Niners, and the Bucks, and all four of those teams are currently sitting at three and three. So just like kind of like his own version of R-E-A or R-E-L-A-X rather. Yeah. Um, but those teams all like, they were like, the Niners actually don't look good and the Rams don't look that good either. But the Bucks, like they were super depleted earlier in the year. I'm sure they're going to be fine. They're probably still the cream of the crop. The the Packers out of those four teams look like the most, uh, like they have the most internal issues. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. Maybe don't panic at three and three, whatever. But I, I, you have a winnable. It's different game. than just the record. You, we've watched this when they when they were three and one. We said the team was bad. It's also like they're entering a part of the season where it's hard to envision a run based on what you've seen, like. Bills away and Eagles away over the next six games. I don't know. You know, I, I, again, they can possibly, you know, something. Could well, change, last but. week I said I thought like maybe the Packers could uh, string everything together and win that game in Buffalo. I don't I don't see any possible way that happens at this point. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't either. Lions score a lot of points. That's not a gimme like it always has been year to year. Titans have one of the best running backs in the NFL. Like these teams all play into a specific weakness that the Packers that the Packers have right now. So I don't know. And and last week I said like that game like against the Giants was one that the Packers needed to lose to right the ship. Well, that ship sure is not righted. So what's what's going to be the reality check they need? I have no idea. Yeah. Um, all right. We're kind of worked up. Let's get back in there. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Time to relax. The same quarterback, but is this now the rebuild? Is it yet to come? 
So, okay, part of this, I will say, stems from like a background of just always having to come up with this big, like all-encompassing question for, you know, for stuff to fill time on the radio, right? And also part of this stems from, um, you know, being asked, I think it was my wife, uh, like what's up with the Packers? Um, and just trying to like explain the Packers to like someone who may not even really watch football. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I'm like, it's Aaron Rodgers is still here, right? So like the rebuild that we know has been coming for a really long time is certainly like hard to, it's, it's hard to say that that is currently happening. But this team is so young. Like, are we, I don't know. Are we just already in that phase? Like, should we already be envisioning like, this team in its its next form. I'm not saying I'm like punting on this season, but when you have a receiving core now as young as it is, which just like you just throw away veterans being added to it, you know, which feels like a rebuild move. Like you need somebody in that room who's it, seen something in their life. Yeah. Um, you know, and then you have some cornerstones who are young, who've been locked up to contracts, and then you invested all your draft capital at positions where they're being afforded the opportunity to flourish. And unfortunately they're not right now, but like, especially Wyatt, he just has not seen enough of the field. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like you try to think about this team in its next form, like the next generation, a lot of the pieces in theory are already there. And if they don't pan out, then it's a whole other issue. But like you would think Quay is going to be really good. I mean, locking up Devondre Campbell feels like a move that was like very much like, okay, we finally have somebody here. We've got, a cornerstone of our defense and that has been a really bad decision. Sadly, he's just not performing, but um, I don't know. Like they're a young profile of a team and they're really relying on a lot of young guys. So like maybe at worst, because I said I wanted to be a little bit more positive when Rogers is done. And I don't know. I don't think I really don't think it's going to be Jordan Love either. No, I don't think so. But for a year in an interim, the core of this team will be entering its prime years and experienced that's about as much as i have for positivity right now but i don't know it's like usually like like tom brady right like i mean a lot of the teams he played on they did the opposite of the packers (laughs) like it's not watson it's not uh dobbs and all these guys it's like randy moss let's keep him a little younger you know let's like it's it's just signing all these dudes um the packers didn't do that and i'm like Part of me is mad that they didn't because if you're going to hang on to Rodgers, it just makes sense to do that. But like, I don't know, maybe just maybe we're just in the midst of the rebuild and it doesn't feel like it because it's the same voice at the line of scrimmage and it's the same guy pointing re- fingers. Yeah, <laughs> pointing a lot of fingers. It's tough to rebuild around a $200 million quarterback, too. That's true. That's very, very true. So maybe that just starts there. It's like, what are you talking about? You don't you rebuild by like rechanging the way your team is structured financially. But when when he does retire and um, that there's still going to be cap issues and it's like a two year, like two, three years from there, unless they got lucky, like the Eagles look good again um, because Jalen Hurts worked out and I forget where he was drafted specifically late first round or early second round. Um, The Packers could get lucky and hit on something like that, but we're we're a long way away from those conversations. I don't think he's done after this year either, Rodgers. Um, Really though, I don't I don't know. Unless they go six and eleven, man, he just is having zero fun. They just like miss their window of being able to choose 
when to end it with him now, you know? Yeah. Now you're just so like, now it's just his decision. And that was like, okay, that's that maybe that's the way you want it when you thought, I mean, he was also a two back to back MVP at that time, but I don't know. It's tricky. Yeah. It's tricky. I don't know. Like, I, I I thought this was a we're going into it as a Super Bowl contender year and now it's I'm like oh maybe like this team like, squeaks into a wild card spot who uh, what faith would you have in them being able to control uh, a playoff football game Unless- not much uh, but part of that may also just be being spooked of the past I I've got some Niners demons yeah um uh. I but like and I think the Eagles again are like one of the very few teams who's actually good in the NFL right now. I don't know. You never know. But uh, in short, like they wouldn't be favored in any playoff game currently. No, um, they missed that chance with the Giants. They wouldn't be favored against the Cow. Well, I don't. Yeah, no, they wouldn't be favored against the Cowboys. No, um, not against the Vikings. They wouldn't even really play the Cowboys currently because they would both be wild cards. They wouldn't be favored against. Yeah, I mean they would be underdogs against any like playoff eligible team at present well of course i mean that's obvious to say after those like i guess they went back to back weeks being two score favorites yeah and just losing straight up not is, like not covering is, yeah it is weird to see him still fi- i mean the commanders are the commanders but still five and a half points right now <laughs> i don't have faith they're gonna cover that yeah i almost would rather carson wentz be playing than heineke yeah, I I think I agree with that. Wow, why it, do quarterbacks play anymore? Like, how are the Packers just continually playing backup like after backup. inexperienced backups with no expectations? And why is that so annoying? I don't know because they haven't put out enough tape. Yeah, that's where you get burned. Except for Heineke has <laughs> <laughs> ran all over you. Yeah, last year should you should learn that one the hard way. Hopefully. Oh, should we take Heineke over rushing yards? Ooh, I don't know. Is it time for degenerate corner yet? I think it is. I think we can make this one short and sweet. We we don't we don't have Zach to like keep us in line and yeah, we're all over the place. Keep us positive, and I'm just fidgety. And quite frankly, I've had a already very long week. All right, so we can <laughs> take a trip to degenerate corner. Let's see. Yeah, four and a half Packers are favored right now. Okay, um, line moved a little bit. Uh, with the total at forty one and a half. Take that um, under, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I guess. I don't know, man. The special team stuff can get weird. Like, Yeah, I guess so. All of a sudden, you never know. Taylor Heineke. I mean, this is another really sad thing. Heineke and Rodgers' uh, uh, yardage totals for passing are almost the same. There's only an 11-yard difference. Rodgers at 233.5 and Heineke at 225.5. Um, all right. So I'm perusing, and I'm going to say that my degenerate corner pick for the week again i did finally win one last week um is going to be and i'm gonna hate myself when i do this um but it's gonna be aaron jones over receiving yards i think at some point they have to learn a lesson and at some point he's gonna go back to getting a a significant amount of targets at least comparatively to to aj Dillon. um so how many receiving yards was it Oh, yeah. I didn't even say the line. Duh. Uh, but I'm going over 21 and a half for Aaron Jones. <laughs> receiving. Yeah. Rushing. Yeah. Which seems very, very attainable. You'd think. And he would have got it on that one pass last week that Rogers just 
blatantly missed and he blamed on the wind. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, maybe. I don't know. There, I did hear from fans it was windy. Yeah. You got um, any uh, degenerate bets for us? What's? Can you look at Aaron Jones rushing yards? Um, Aaron Jones rushing fifty four and a half. Hmm. <laughs> and is there a Heineke rushing prop? There is currently a Heineke rushing prop. Wow. Ten and a half. Oh yeah, let's ride it, baby. I'm taking it. Yeah, I think you got it. I lost on Zach Wilson ten and a half last week, but he would have gotten there or close to there if not a play called back on a penalty. Yeah, yeah, I think that one would have actually hit. So it's not necessarily your fault. Um, okay, and so, I want that, and I like the under in the game. Yeah. All right, so you got Heineke over ten and a half rushing yard. Wow, that actually seems like very very smart to do. I love bets that you're just like in one play that could be over, and and for some reason it always. That that's what we used to do is Aaron Rodgers like back when yeah. he could move and it'd be around 12, 13 yards or something and get on the first drive. He'd get like the he would that's also back in like hero ball days like yeah. where, at tail end of McCarthy where he would just always just be running around playing outside of the system and he I felt like in the first quarter every week that would hit. But it's almost like there are uh, smart people in Vegas making these lines so juicy and enticing. Isn't it also frustrating that the Packers are so inconsistent in terms of the way they like game plan and that, uh, you know, lack of identity that they are also hard to make money on. Yeah. That makes it even more frustrating. Yeah. Um, not that <laughs> at least I, if I we mean, just I'd be knew. happy with the win just as a fan baseline. I try not to bet on the Packers games for that reason, but when they're as brutal as they have been, you try, you try to get something out of it and you can't even do that. Yeah. Their, <laughs> maybe their identity is that they're so inconsistent that not even gamblers can profit. They're not fun for anyone. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. This <laughs> is not, not even fun. the people making this into a money uh a money making endeavor. So that's a perfect way to encapsulate the first six games of the season. Not fun for anyone. They've had to travel further than they wanted to. <laughs> They've lost the teams they're embarrassed to lose to. Like it it can't be that fun to to be a Packer right now. But they are still three and three. And they do have about as winnable a game as they may play the rest of the season um, against the Commanders. So um, we'll see what happens, I guess. I don't know what else to say. We'll see what happens. I'm sure we'll be watching next to each other, um, commiserating and very, very angry. But hopefully uh, the pain and the sadness will subdue just enough to squeak out a victory. Yeah. I don't even like the line, but... (laughs) Yeah. Um, They're going to win, right? They got to win. They should. Okay. Four and three. You heard it uh, here. I'll, I'll take it. They yeah. should. If I had to pick, I'll, I, I I will volunteer to get burned again by, uh, by you know, betting on the Packers. Um, I'm ready right. to get hurt again. Yeah. <laughs> it's every week. Same freaking uh, Michael Scott meme. Mm-hmm. Just on, on replay all season. Um, all right, that'll do it. We'll hit the polka and um, we will hope for better days and uh, hope for a victory this Sunday. Um, enjoy everybody. Back to, uh, you know, I don't even know. I honestly don't even know what I was going to say. That's okay. We gave about as much effort this week uh, to the pod as the Packers showed on Sunday so and sometimes that's okay and sometimes it's okay and sometimes you could blame it on somebody else I personally blame Zach 
I blame Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Who will probably find a way to blame me. <laughs> yeah. So get back to him and mention it on the, <laughs> what's his name, show, McAfee show or whatever. Um, all right. Thanks, everybody. We'll catch you next week.